0: Podcast coming your way today for a massive, massive interview from a brand new sport, a sport we've never had an athlete on before, and that is the great sport of soccer, or football, if you are listening to us in a part of the world where you call it football. We are speaking today with Gabrielle Carl, Team Canada, gold medal winning soccer player, part of that very famous Tokyo gold medal winning team that, of course, beat Sweden in that epic penalty shootout and also technically technically an olympic bronze medalist as well as you will discover in this interview this is an amazing chat with gabby we're going to learn all about her time playing the sport growing up in quebec moving to florida going to sweden where she currently is now being on the under 17 world cup squad the pan am games in 2015 the world cup squad in 2019 then of course the olympics in 2021 and just an incredible story of perseverance this linear approach that she's always had to the sport, and just covering all the bases. You're going to get so much from this interview. It's such a fantastic, fantastic chat, and I know you are going to love every single second of it. Here is our chat with Canadian Olympic gold medal-winning soccer player, Gabrielle Carl. It's always exciting on off the podium when we can tick off a sport that we have never had an athlete on From before. And this is a sport today which I, again, I'm surprised that we have not had someone on before. It's soccer or football. Call it what you like. We're in Australia and the guest is Canadian, so it's technically soccer, but for the majority of the world, it's football. And what a guest we have on the show today to uh, break the duck of soccer because she is an Olympic gold medalist part of team canada that won a gold in tokyo which was one of the best moments of the entire olympics still absolutely beaming and i'm australian and i love that moment i still imagine all of canada is still beaming over that but it is a pleasure to be able to welcome to the show to learn more about her experiences in tokyo and everything else from her amazing career the one the only gabrielle carl gabby First of all, welcome to Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you very much. Very happy to be here.
0: Very pumped and excited to have you on here. Again, I I, I want to apologize to all soccer players in the world that it's taken us so long <laughs> to uh to get one of you on, on on the show because I mean it's it's the world game, Gabby. Like this should be the first yes. sport we tick off, right? Like what's what's I don't know what our problem is, but it's it's a sport that obviously I guess everybody at some point in their life probably plays. Uh, I think uh, no matter whether you're sporty or not, you do it in in gym class, in school, and everything along those lines. But what was it in particular to you that sort of uh, when you maybe gave it a bit of a try uh, as a young girl uh, led you into ultimately winning an Olympic gold medal in the sport?
1: Oh my God. Well, that's a whole journey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've got time, Gabby. The clock has started. Let's get into it.
1: <laughs> um. Well, I first started playing soccer because of my father. Uh, he played soccer. Um, so he put me and I was, I think, five years old. And I mean, when I started playing, I I did not understand how it was played <laughs> at all. Like I would just like stand there on the field and kind of not move at all. The game would go on and I'd just be in the same spot for the whole game. Um <laughs> But then uh, after my first game, my dad asked me, like, if I liked soccer, like, I did I, because you don't look like you like it, obviously, you're not moving. Um, <laughs> and I said that I enjoyed it. So I kept playing um, and I kept playing and I kept playing <laughs> uh, until I, um, yeah, I stood on the top of a podium at the Olympics, which is kind of surreal.
0: It's crazy to think that just that little moment can go on to uh, all that, that journey. Because I'm reading here, I, I love sort of, on one of your bios here, about the other sports that you that you played and participated in—figure uh, skating, basketball, karate, swimming—I mean, it seems like you were just obviously, uh, you know, typical kid tried your hand at everything. But yeah. were, were any of these other ones sort of uh, alongside soccer ones that you, you know you pursued a little bit longer? And, and maybe we could be talking to you today from a different perspective from an Olympian.
1: Uh I don't know. um, yeah, I had a pretty busy childhood in terms of sports. Um, I tried a lot of them uh and like i like when I was like from I feel like eight to twelve, like there was a period where I played all these sports together, and um, I love basketball, um but I'm five six uh hundred seventy centimeters. so like i th- where would I've gone with that? Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> figure skating uh would get stage fright. Um, so that also like out the window, um, and karate, um, you know, I liked it, but not more than that. Like my true love was soccer. Like I just, I loved it so much. Um, I couldn't wait to get off like basketball training or get off like figure skating training and go to soccer and play soccer. Um, and that probably cause I was the best at it too.
0: Right. It usually helps when you kind of, you know, you feel like yeah, when you're
1: good at something, you kinda of wanna keep doing it, yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly right. Which I love that aspect of the stage fright with figure skating. I mean, that's um <laughs> you know, I I can't skate to save my life, so I can't imagine what it's like when you maybe can, but then you've got to do that and perform perform on that level as well. A little bit different to I I guess soccer. You're not having to do right. triple lutzes and things yeah. like that, right?
1: Complete opposite. Yeah. I just yeah. It was I would get white in the face. My mother was afraid I was gonna pass out. Like it was <laughs> it was not good. Yeah.
0: Which way growing up, did you watch the Olympics was sort of you would watch them every four years and think to yourself that this would be something you would like to to do one day?
1: Um, I think as a general rule I always had this like vision that I wanted to play for my national team. That was like my biggest dream ever since I've been, I think I got it my first time. I was like nine years old when I like realized it was a possibility. Um, and then I just remember watching the 2008 Olympics and just like, that was, that were, that was the first Olympics I remember watching and being like, this is so cool. And like, how amazing would it be to be there one day? Cause I guess.
0: It's a different perspective for soccer players in terms of the progression because where a majority of the guests on this show, the Olympics is the pinnacle of your sport. Soccer is obviously very different because you've got the World Cup and the Olympics. Different, again, also obviously for for women's soccer, given that it's basically the, the same players are playing at the World Cup versus the Olympics, where it's obviously different for men's. But do you sort of when you got that progression, that dream of making the national team, do you look at a World Cup and think this is the peak or are you looking at the Olympics and thinking this is the peak?
1: Yeah. I think when I first realised that, like, women could, like, play soccer too, I know this sounds stupid, but, like, for some reason I, when I was younger, I hadn't realised that, like, like women soccer players could play, like, professional soccer for their national team. And, like, in when I was, like, eight, nine years old, I realised, and it was during the World Cup uh, a right. women's, world cup. I was like, Oh my God, like there's the like female version. There's the women's version of a world cup. Like, and so for me initially the dream was the world cup. And then afterwards, like in 2008, realizing like, Oh wait, there's also Olympics. I think like it was the whole package. The whole thing is just like such a, yeah, it was a, a huge dream of mine.
0: And what was the scene like then in Quebec and sort of Canada in general for, for you at that age? Cause I can imagine probably a little bit different now for young girls given the state of the game and the gold medal and the success that has come but I mean obviously going back to that period of time was it widely popular was there lots of pathways for for girls in particular to get into the sport
1: Mm, I think uh I just kind of went like I just every year just went through the process and didn't really think like I like every year something new was like thrown at me like oh like now you're at this level then you can do this like you can go to provincial team for example oh now like a year later oh now you can make like uh the youth national teams and stuff like that i never like and to me the path always seemed very linear like i feel like there was always only one way to get there and i was lucky that i followed that exact path um like in canada there's like most girls need to go to the like American universities to keep uh like going and getting better. Uh so like for me it was like this, yeah, this pretty straight path. Like if I went like astray from that, I felt like I wouldn't have made it to where I am. Um and I think nowadays, and even back then, like there's like some people that like went a different route and still made it to the highest level. But I, I like to think that nowadays there's like different like there's more option than just this one path that you need to follow, um, yeah.
0: It's the you know, one thing you mentioned before when you say you didn't realize that you know there was a, a women's world cup or women's sort of progression for that. I remember watching the movie Bend It Like Beckham. This is a weird tangent, Gabby, but bear with me. <laughs> uh, and I remember in that movie where obviously the dream was to make it big in the sport and we got to go to America because they've got this, this league. And I mean, it, it sounds silly to base it on a fictional story, but I mean, realistically back then kind of like there wasn't as much exposure as you have to, to women's soccer now. So I guess probably my first exposure to the, the level of women's soccer that you have was in that movie. And, it did seem that it was only like the USA really at that point where it was there because they've been pretty proactive, haven't they, with with women's soccer. So it must be pretty convenient that they're kind of just a little bit below you guys that kind of if you if you want to go and progress this as a career, that you don't have to travel too far from home.
1: No, absolutely. And I think there's also, I mean, the reality is right now as a women's soccer player, you don't make nearly as much as a man on a professional level. So then you go to the United States, you're at university, you're also getting an education and you're playing soccer at the highest level possible at that point. Uh, so like, there's like these two factors that you're like, well, like if I retire like at 30, obviously I won't have millions in my pocket. Then I like, I have an education I can go straight into and like to go into and get a job and just like make money there. And yeah. I, I love
0: just that system that exists in the US and as you say, like, it's great to get a scholarship for sport, but you are getting an education, obviously, along the same way. I mean, we don't really have that in Australia in terms of sports and universities and not really a big deal like they are in in that part of the world, which you talked about that linear approach. So do you kind of get to a certain age where you realise that, well, this is my path, I need to go to the States, and then I guess what do your parents think of that? They realise that, you know, you're, you're maybe not going to be going to university in Canada, you're going to be going a little bit further south.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the one thing for my parents that was important is I, that I did go to university. (laughs) That was really important. Um, so wherever it was, I think it was okay with them. I think the fact that I left home when I was, uh, 13 years old, uh, because yeah, provincial team. So Quebec is, um, kind of big, big enough that like the provincial team is in one spot and like you can live somewhere where it's like three hours away. So and if you train every there day, uh, every day there, sorry, um, then you have to live in a host family. You have to go to school, to high school, like near the training facilities. So yeah, I was in yeah, I was thirteen, and I I left for Montreal, uh, and I would spend my weeks in Montreal, and then come back to Quebec, uh, Quebec City uh, during the weekends. Um, so then already that I'd been away from my family on and off for like five years. Uh, when I decided to go to university. So that wasn't like a big shock to them. Um, and then I decided to go to Florida. So that's always like, a, oh, like, it's going to be sunny there. <laughs> you can come visit me.
0: <laughs> yeah. From Quebec to Florida is a bit of a change, uh, weather oh, yeah. weather in general. But I, the thing I love about a lot of provinces in Canada is the difference that are internally in, you know, provincially, like, Quebec City to Montreal is a bit of a difference. I've been to Montreal and to me, as somebody who comes from a country, speaks predominantly English to go to a place where that's obviously not really the main language in there. It's a bit of a culture shock, let alone the other way around Quebec City to Montreal. So I can imagine, is that as a 13-year-old having to sort of switch to to that part of the province, uh, you know, like a lot to sort of get used to, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, but again, like I knew that, as I said, like the path in my head was really straight and i knew that that's where it led um and I, I like as a 13 year old i was very determined to get to where i wanted to get and i knew that i had to go there so yes it was a sacrifice but it was also like such an opportunity for me i was really looking forward to it because i was like this is the next step into going to where i want to go is there
0: a hotbed for soccer in canada in terms of you're obviously from quebec but like for the most part uh, are the girls coming from the west coast from from alberta like or is it kind of spread because it's such a i guess a played sport that you kind of pick and yeah. choose from different parts of the country
1: yeah i feel like ontario ontario is really big um i, I couldn't really say why there are a lot of good players come out of Ontario. Um, the fact that the country is so wide, so big, makes it hard, I feel like, for recruiting and for, like, really, like, scouting out talent. I think, like, we're, like, we have a system in place now that is better. And so, like, every province gets a good look. Uh, but, like, it's always a challenge when your country is so wide to, like... Mm have enough scouts, like have eyes everywhere to find the best players possible. Because
0: I found when I was there, obviously, I was in Victoria, so a lot of summer sports are based in, in that part of the country mm-hmm. because of, of the weather, and I would have assumed that maybe soccer, summer sport, maybe a little bit out that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, again, soccer is such a widely spread sport versus, say, rugby, which, you know, maybe not as widely played. So I guess, uh, you know, you, you've you got that in, in each, of, each of the provinces, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I think, uh, there was a time where like the national team was based out of Vancouver and nowadays, yes, it still is, but like, we have less camps there. We used to have a lot of camps. Like we like go and train together in Vancouver, uh, which really isn't bad. Like love Vancouver. It's so beautiful. The mountains and everything. Uh, but yeah, nowadays it's, it's a bit different.
0: It's obviously going back to the point that you moved from Quebec to, to Florida, again, at least on the weather side of things, a, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how did you find that sort of adjustment? You did okay uh, playing there as well, won a, won a, won a championship <laughs> with them as well. So, uh, you know, not bad on the success side of things, but uh, how was that experience?
1: Yeah, uh, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, I think the first day, so I drove down from Quebec to Florida wow. with my car nice drive Uh, yeah i know 25 (laughs) hours uh that's not too bad 25 hour journey (laughs) with my mom uh we'd like six hours each we'd alternate driving uh and then i got there uh and then my mom left she flew out like i think like a day or two later and i (laughs) remember sitting in my car just crying (laughs) uh But then it took like I don't know, like ten minutes of crying, and then I was okay and happy, and and from then on, like I I it was my home, um Tallahassee in Florida, Florida State, like has been my home for five years. um
0: And they're the Gators, and- right? Am I thinking of the right school? Oh God, they, no,
1: no, 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 no,
0: no, no, wrong one. No. Okay, whoops, whoops, hang on, whoops, I've, I've started something here. Oh, <laughs> I see myself out.
1: <laughs> 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 no, 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 never mix up the Gators and the Seminoles. Okay.
0: All right, I'll I'll just I'll be careful from now on. It's like you know, basically saying the Quebec City and Montreal are the same, right? Like different. Poutine's better in one than the other. I, 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 I understand. Obviously, yes. Obviously, yes. obviously. Come on, now. Come on now. But I mean, is it? like culturally as well because like again for say our australian listeners we think canada america basically the same it's like australia and new yeah. zealand you know subtle differences but i mean if i'm thinking two different parts of two different countries florida and quebec i mean you may yeah. as well be in you know australia and, and burkina faso like i mean <laughs> i can imagine that there's just a, a level there of things that you got to get used to particularly tallahassee yeah. as well that's a unique part of florida
1: yeah oh my god yes absolutely um and I think I hadn't realized because I'd been used to going on vacation in Florida, but the south of Florida, like Fort Lauderdale, yeah. that part where it's more like touristy and uh but like Tallahassee is north of Florida. And it's uh it's very like it's as southern, like when you think like southern, like it that is Tallahassee. Um and so I got there and I was not expecting that at all. Um, <laughs> I was a bit shocked <laughs> at first. um but then like you get used to it and it's kind of i mean southern hospitality is a thing uh people there are so nice and yeah you feel welcome like immediately
0: and the food like can we talk about southern cooking like how amazing (laughs) is southern cooking right
1: yeah i mean it's very greasy um (laughs) at first i was very against it uh it's salty it's greasy um, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna gain like 15 pounds immediately. <laughs> um, but then, like every once in a while, like when you have a good biscuit, um, oh my mm-hmm. god, yeah, it's it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm not one for corn, but corn bread. Um, yeah, you know, good sweet tea. Um, yeah, some mm-hmm. of the best food I've had is in the south. But again, you're from the province that invented poutine. Like, I mean, how <laughs> can you not just be putting on weight all the time gabby like i mean god i've been there enough times to think that i put on like 50 kilos every time i leave quebec but i mean god like how (laughs) it's the best food in the world
1: yeah i try to stay away from poutine um, as much as i can i know it's sad
0: down gabby come on i I do
1: like poutine, like every once in a while but other than that i don't i stay away from it i don't want to make it a habit because it is really good and it is really bad for you too so
0: (laughs) yes there's that kind of fine line there You made your debut uh, for for Canada, the Under-17 World Cup, I believe, which uh, sort of growing up when you got that idea of playing for your country and sort of the progression that you can have sort of through those levels. I mean, what's that moment like when you get to put the maple leaf on your shirt for the first time, represent your country, sort of live out that dream that you started when you started playing the sport?
1: I mean, it's such a proud moment, but it's also a moment where you're like, I need to focus, put my All like all my attention into this because yes, I've reached this level. I'm finally getting to put this jersey on at the senior level. But like now, now it really starts, you know, like now I have to put on this jersey and I have to make Canada proud. I have to perform. Like I have to play my best game.
0: Because it comes from that level of, I guess, always wanting that next step. Again, that linear approach where it's like. I've made the under 17 team. What's next? The under 19 team, the under 20, like you kind of keep going through and ticking off the boxes. Right. Which I guess comes down to what performance putting in your all. I mean, do you ever set yourself with that linear approach of, okay, I, w- I want to make the 2016 Olympics. I, I-, I want to make the 20, you know, 15 world cup. Like had you sort of set yourself little goals and progression points on that linear approach?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think like everything I can make, I want to make. So in 2015, when I made my debut, I was in that, that pool of players that could make the 2016 olympics so it's like i won't limit myself even though like it's a a big like it's a big thing like it's huge and it can be like a huge amount of pressure to put on yourself to be like in 10 months i'm going to be at the olympics but you like you you can't let yourself down like you have to be like i want to make that team because if not you'll never make it like you have to like yeah be focused on that goal um so that's how i approach like every, yeah, every World Cup, every Olympics.
0: in terms of positions, uh, sort of what's what's your preference? Uh, and you know, do you mm-hmm. have you changed sort of much over your your career in terms of you know, did you start as a defender now, an offender or kind of vice versa?
1: Yeah, I think that's like been the story of my career is how much I've changed position. <laughs> uh, and how much I did not expect to change position and like how much I keep changing position. Um, yeah, I started out and when I first put on that jersey, I was a a white forward. Um, and then a year later I dropped to attacking mid and then I got to college and I dropped to outside back
0: <laughs> Wow! Uh,
1: because it was, I wasn't supposed to be outside back at all. Um, it's just that our, uh, my outside back, my left back, um, uh, she tore her ACL a week before the beginning of season. And for some reason I was the replacement <laughs> for that position. <laughs> I never played there. Uh, and then I was told it was only going to be temporary. And I mean, it's been five years now, and I still play this position. yeah. I know, it's kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, and recently, I also play center back sometimes. So yeah, I mean, I... Do I have a preference? Um, I like playing, I think. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wherever they put you, basically. Wherever, yeah. wherever it goes out there. Have you ever played goalie before? Have you ever needed to uh, you know, put the on the one, gloves? That's
1: the one thing I have not touched yet, and that's yeah. the one thing I hope I will never have to play on the professional level.
0: <laughs> you never say never. Who knows? Uh, they, they might <laughs> you know get shorts. Who knows who that? Well, One experience I'd like to learn a little bit about, uh, Pan Ams in 2015. Um mm-hmm playing at home, obviously, uh, not too far from from where you grew up in terms of, you know, closer than Florida, I guess. But, uh, I mean, what sort of home soil, playing for Canada, a multi-sport uh, event as well, getting a bit of a taste about What was sort of the Pan Am experience like?
1: Yeah, that was my first, like, really, like, like, taste of what the senior national team is like. It was our under-23 team, but, like, the national team head coach, the senior head coach, was with us there, and there was a bunch of, like, the younger girls that are on the senior team were with us too so it really felt like i was on like the real national team and it was it was one of my best experiences honestly because it's like it was like my first time experiencing something as huge as this and i mean during the tournament i did well um and it got me to actually going to the national team like three months after that like making it to the senior national team uh and i just yeah it was it was a really, really special experience and my first time playing in front of so many people, I think there was like 10,000 people at every one of our games um, and they were all like cheering for us. Um, so yeah, it was just, so. it was, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was in Toronto. Yeah, <laughs> they were all, yeah, they were all wearing red and white and it was, oh my God, it was, it was great. Yeah, I have like only good memories from that.
0: Obviously a big year 2015 for for women's soccer in Canada with the World Cup that year as well. So, I mean, it just must have been a a great time to be – involved in the sport because I know right now at the time of recording this we're what about a year or so away from the World Cup being in Australia and just the hype that's being around that in this country so I mean what was that sort of period like playing the sport playing for your country uh you know uh Canadian soccer women's soccer in 2015
1: yeah I think like you felt seen you know because like media was talking about it um, and like there was yeah publicity and stuff and advertisement and so like it felt like all of a sudden, like the women's team had always been, well, twenty twenty twelve and 2012, sorry, in London. Like that's when they won the bronze medal. That's why like they yeah. really got seen by like the whole of Canada. But then in 2015, the world cup is there. So it's like, you're getting talked about again and the hype is around. And so it was, yeah, it was really special.
0: You scored your first goal. I, I saw the footage actually before this interview <laughs> in a world cup qualifier. <laughs> uh against guatemala 10 nothing i believe just a lazy win there for canada pretty pretty yeah. uh you know poor effort you should have gotten some more goals let's be honest but uh what, what's what's that like to, to score a goal for your country as well i mean that must be a pretty special feeling. Yeah. nice goal too by the way
1: oh thank you i felt like it was really scruffy It was just kind of like a toe win um i kind of wish my first goal would have been like more spectacular but like the feeling right was, place
0: right time gaby that's what i always I guess, say right? You, uh, yeah, you've got to be there, there, there for and- it you know <laughs> yeah. you listen to your coach uh,
1: <laughs> yeah I it was a great feeling and it was yeah like just like joy you know like like oh my god like this really happened um I was yeah remember being really happy is there much
0: that goes into thinking about a celebration I mean I I guess the more goals you're scoring you probably think about a little bit more but uh I don't know like it's always fun to see a good soccer celebration do you ever put yeah. a bit of think thought process it into
1: it um I can't say that I have well right nowadays I'm not the person in charge of scoring goals most of the time so whenever it happens it's just like I think like I still have this reaction of pure surprise like like two arms in the air like oh my god I just scored <laughs> uh but back when I was uh, a goal scorer uh I think I I don't know i Like as a like 17 year old on the national team, I didn't want to be like, oh, like I'm going to have this whole celebration when I score. Like I didn't want to seem too cocky, you know. Uh, But I remember like other girls, like like team celebrations, you know, like when someone scores. Like, for example, when um, Christine Sinclair scored the goal that made her like the greatest goal scorer of all time, like we had a celebration plan on the bench. We had like, (laughs) oh, my God, we had like these like goats masks. Cause like you know greatest of all time, and so like all the like subs put them on and like stuff like that, and just like fantastic. Yes, yeah, so, so like some celebration, but personally I, I don't have one.
0: I love I love that aspect though of like having a mask ready to go and like put it on there. Perfect for Christine. Like that's um you know, no pressure that like she's uh, you, got to get that goal then. Uh, <laughs> like it's kind of we brought the coat mask and everything today. Come on oh, the day, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, has has to happen today. That That's absolutely incredible. 2016, you're an alternate for Rio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So take us through that. So what does that mean? Do you travel with Canada to Rio? Are you there? And is, are you just basically sitting around hoping that somebody gets sick or injured essentially so you can get your chance?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's the worst feeling actually because you get named as an alternate and you do travel. You're with the team the whole time uh, except during games you sit in the stands. Um, but then like – that's the thing is like you don't want to wish something bad on anyone but for you to get a chance you need something bad to happen to someone um and that's kind of like it's a really awful feeling to have um actually and especially like I was 17 so it's like it's just like it's a bit young to be like feeling that way um and like how do you deal with that because like yeah it was uh but it was still like my like I was in the village like actually seeing the village, the athletes being around like such greatness is like, yeah, you can't, you can't really put words to it. And like, like the feeling is just like, that's kind of surreal. Uh, So it was like, all in all a great experience. And we got bronze. And at first, I didn't think I was going to get a medal because I didn't think alternates got medal. And then two days later, the whole team was there and like presented the alternates with their medals. Oh, so Um, you got a medal.
0: You you got one as well. Oh, fantastic.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was a super special moment. And like, I think at that point, like we like all really felt appreciated, um, and yeah, it was it was cool. So I do have uh, yeah, twenty sixteen, bronze medal. Well, let me also. let me redo
0: our introduction here. We have on the show today an <laughs> Olympic gold and bronze medalist. Uh, you know, which I mean, like you know, you want to play. That's what you do. But I'm just saying this right now, Gabby. You get a nice two week holiday to Brazil you get to sit in the crowd <laughs> wow. and cheer on your teammates and fellow countrywomen out there and then you get a nice piece of jewelry at the end of it so if
1: oh, you trust don't trust me by any means it wasn't bad yes
0: <laughs> exactly bad. not bad
1: you do yep you're yeah it is it was nice which i got to
0: ask okay like i'm not taking away from your your hard earned bronze medal there but why don't the coaches get a medal like like if you're getting one as an yeah. alternate why don't the coaches get one
1: yeah, I don't know. It's uh like in college, you know, like when you win a national championship, the whole staff gets uh, a ring. Like uh yeah. you get a in America, that's big. You know, like every big sport gets rings; they're huge. Uh, but like the whole coaching staff, even like the strength trainer, like the physios, like they get their rings. Um, and then at the Olympics, yeah, it's only players. That's they crazy. do play a big part. Yeah, they do I, play mean, I, I, I see, see Bev something.
0: having something around. She's got to have something around and She deserves it. Come on.
1: Like some, I feel like some form of something should be given. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I won't pronounce myself on that. I'm not sure.
0: They're, I, I will say, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there are some pretty decent replicas out there. I may have a bag filled of Olympic gold medals from my <laughs> esteemed career of buying them off, uh, you know, Wish and all that sort of stuff. But if you ever want to, you know, surprise your coaches and your coaching staff <laughs> with medals at a presentation, they're, they're not that, you know, and they look pretty good. They look pretty close to the real thing.
1: Interesting. How heavy are they?
0: Quite heavy. Very, uh, I mean, I, I've never held a real one, so um, I, I don't know how they compare. But, uh, I mean, having held the fake ones, they're, they're, they're actually very, like, you think to yourself, a fake one off the internet, they're going to look crap. Like, I've got a a World Cup behind me there, a men's World Cup, which, you know, it's pretty light and pretty cheap looking. But the Olympic medals are actually pretty solid for what they are.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, just an idea for you, just, you know, if you want a surprise surprise, going on with that. I can imagine, though, that getting that close, sitting in the crowd, seeing another bronze medal, it only spurs you on, though, the disappointment of not making the team. So does that then, you hit the gym more, you, you train a little bit harder, You you know, you push yourself a little bit more for that goal of going towards Tokyo at that point?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, first and foremost, I was thinking of the World Cup in 2019. That was like my first, okay, like now that's what's next. Uh, but the reality was I got, like, I went from being a winger and all of a sudden I was in the midfield. Uh, my position changed. So I was also dealing with like, oh, like I need to learn this whole position. Well, not learn. I had already played midfield, but like now I had to play at this really high level. Uh, so like, yes, I was like in the back of my mind field, by like, I really want to make this. But I also, I was thinking like, like i really have to learn this <laughs> like so i wasn't i was mostly focused on like yeah like learning it was a learning process
0: and in terms of the the progression sort of through college i mean i know at the moment when we're recording this year you're, you're in sweden and that's where you're playing but sort of once college ends outside of the national team sort of had you worked out where you were going was it a case of trying to play in america trying to play in europe or was it just where the offers sort of would come from at that point
1: yeah i think i i just wanted to see my what opportunities would, come for me and then make a decision from there um so but then sweden was the best option for me um and so i flew to sweden <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh but even further from my parents um and uh, <laughs> And anyway, even no more promises. different
0: to Florida, uh, you know. Yeah, just- I'm like, there is
1: no promises sun here. It's, yeah, it's it actually gets dark most of the day in the winter. So, have fun with that. And um, you couldn't drive.
0: You, you, your mom couldn't drive with you that time,
1: not, right? Not drive over the water, yeah. It's just, yeah, it was a plane and yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I also like it in Sweden. I, I really like it and I think it was uh, the right choice for me.
0: Which, how do they, I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but... How do they mm-hmm. treat Canadian soccer players after Tokyo? Are they a bit well, bitter? Are they just like, no, we scared. don't want you here?
1: <laughs> I was really scared. Honestly, I was like, because I I didn't know Swedish people that well. I don't know exactly what they're like. So I was like, are they, you know, like the kind of people that hold grudges over <laughs> things like that? Um, and they don't. They're really nice people. They're Good. so very, very nice, super generous um, people. Um, and, uh, no, they've never been uh, mean or, um, yeah, they've n- there's never been any of that.
0: All right, well, I'm just telling you now, uh, Gabby, if you ever beat the Matildas in a gold medal match, we <laughs> hold grudges in Australia. Uh, on, on the men's side of things, every Australian – soccer fan hates italy after the 2006 men's world cup we haven't forgiven them so (laughs) warning you i I know you just beat the matildas but they were friendly so world cup next year if you make the final and you beat the matildas at home never step foot in australia ever again
1: okay okay i'll keep that in mind that is a bit scary i will hold you to that salty people
0: australians we just we Mm -hmm. just we hold grudges what can i say it's a, it's a proud Australian <laughs> tradition here in Australia. Uh, you mentioned the world cup 2019, you make the world cup yeah. squad. What's that experience like? I mean, obviously you've done a Pan Am Games, you've, you've been on the bench in Olympics, but again, a world cup in, in soccer is, is basically on par, if not bigger than an yeah, Olympics. So, I mean, absolutely. I can imagine that in France as well. Like, I mean, a great place to go to a world cup.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so the Olympics, it's all sports. So like Canadians are tuning in to all their athletes and then you get to a world cup and it all of a sudden it's all about the soccer team, Yeah, you know, like all of a sudden you're the most important person in the room, <laughs> And it's just like, it feels great No. but um, it just, it also like adds a certain amount of pressure uh, to perform and to do well uh, as a team. Uh, Cause yeah, that event is about you. Um, and it's, but it's also like, it's, it's, another kind of huge too. Like it just, you feel it like it's, it's, there's money in there, you know, like it's well-prepared and the stadiums are ginormous. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's big.
0: Which it's also too, because what do we recently have the, um was it like 90 odd thousand people we had at the, uh, the, the Real Madrid and, and Barcelona women's match. And obviously, yes. you know, it's, it's growing and growing. And I mean, looking here, in the round of 16, the Sweden game, 38,000 people, uh, you know, which again, I I can imagine it's not something you're overly used to playing in front of crowds that way, uh, you know, at certain points. So uh, that must, you know, put the chills on the neck. People are there to see you, as you say, and and the people getting behind it because it's obviously soccer's a sport where you want to play in front of a crowd. You want the chanting, you want the atmosphere. So that kind of obviously just adds to everything you're talking about there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is really special to play with that chanting, with that crowd. It, it, I mean, obviously when you're playing, it kind of becomes back noise and you don't focus about it, but like, just like when you enter your, like the stadium and that's what you hear. And it's, yeah, it is like, you do get chills. Like it is really, really special. Do you get
0: chance that you just love like a, I don't know sort of like there in Sweden maybe certain teams have certain chances you know how it generally works but it's yeah. what I love about going to soccer games it's just the chanting the fans yeah. kind of that atmosphere like are you out there yeah. playing and you're kind of chanting along and that's helping you or you somebody just like oh shut the fuck up let me play come on
1: <laughs> yeah I'm gonna be honest like because I'm like French speaking the chance I do not understand like that's one thing that like I can't hear like my brain does not compute what they're saying I have no idea no idea wow. at all i don't think i've ever had even like when i am um, myself like in a stands like watching a men's game or something going like to a different men's game i i don't know why i, I don't know what they're saying Interesting. and obviously what about if they're in french
0: can if they're in french do you can you sort of compute I've, them then? i don't
1: think i've ever been to a, a like a french like stadium um so i i wouldn't know maybe it's just my ears like maybe i have a problem with like not hearing well <laughs> i don't know but like seriously like like sometimes i stand in like and like men's like stadium packed and I'm like watching a game and they're chanting and I have to like go my friend I'm like what what are they saying (laughs) I have no idea (laughs) like if I'm on the field like there is no chance that I will understand I just like kind of feel the rhythm and the rhythm is what gets me going like I like it but I don't know what they're saying.
0: Fascinating wow this is the thing that always baffles me I I have a friend who is just not a soccer fan He, he does not like the sport and we went to a a national league game in Australia in Melbourne and to me, like, half the fun is just watching the fans and just the chants and <laughs> the ideas that they come up with and everything, and he's bored. And I'm like, mate, like, what is your problem? Like, watch the crowd. If you don't like what's going on the pitch, this is half the entertaining. I mean, God, we play cricket in this country. How people can sort of, you know, get to the point where they find that entertaining. I like cricket, don't get me wrong. But, uh, I mean, it's just people who've never been to a, a soccer game, like, sometimes it's just, it's the fans that are more entertaining sometimes than some of the games.
1: The environment, yeah, it's it's crazy.
0: It's just that culture and everything with it too. Olympics 2021, oh, 2020, 2021, uh, that period though, that that sort of one-year break, did that, do you feel, helped you personally towards getting selected? Uh, do you feel had it been held when it was meant to be? Uh, things might have been different. Sort of what was that whole period like?
1: Yeah. Um. I think going, like, before COVID and everything, I, like, I was, like, obviously like in the running to make that 18 squad, but it would have been a battle again. Uh, I'm pretty sure like I would have had to fight for that spot, have like some good performances in April and in June uh, to be selected. So I can't say hundred percent like, oh, like I would have been selected if the it would there was, would have been no COVID and the Olympics would have been held in 2020. Um, but then like when COVID hit, it was actually really hard for me because, well, it was hard for everyone, obviously, <laughs> but in terms of like sports for me, uh I was stuck in America but I was alone. Uh I was living at my boyfriend's uh parents house. So for 5 months I was training on my own. It was mostly conditioning and like weightlifting. So when I like finally got back on the fields in late July, I was like, "Oh my god, like all my habits are gone." <laughs> Wow. Like I like any like sort of like running pattern and like like turning and like just like good body positioning, it, I felt so awkward on the field and I, I like it was really like stressful for me because so like the national team hadn't like started again. It didn't start until February 2021, so I had like this from July 2020 to like January 2021 to get ready, but like it just was not getting better and like it was taking time and I was I was starting to get like really concerned because I. I'd worked so hard during COVID. Like I was so fit and like strong, but yet I felt weak and not fit. So like I I didn't understand what was going on and I just, yeah, it was was really hard. Uh, But then eventually I kind of got some things, like as it went, like slowly it came back and like some other things figured out. And when I got into uh, February 2021, uh, I felt ready to be in camp. Uh, But like, thank God I had this much time to get ready because it really took me time to get back into it.
0: And when you sort of got back into it and everything was sort of back to how it was, when that nod came to you, be it I don't know how you got a phone call, an email, however it was, when you were told that you were on that squad for, for Tokyo after narrowly missing out on being on the squad squad for for Rio, what was that feeling like then for getting that official nod for Tokyo?
1: Yeah, uh it was it was actually really it's it's funny because actually, uh so the squad for Tokyo was twenty two players uh but initially it was 18 and four alternates and I actually got my first call was that you're an alternate player uh and that was that was soul crushing (laughs) yeah uh yeah I felt like because I actually I had worked so hard the 2021 year and I had done like really well and I had been consistent and I was proud of what I'd put out and then just yeah, uh, getting that that call was a really tough blow. But then a week later, <laughs> getting that other call that was like, actually now it's twenty two, so you're part of the squad was just as weird. Uh, I was like in an airport. I had uh, I had to like got stuck in an airport overnight and I, I hadn't slept. And I got the call in the morning. So I'm just like, I get the call. And I'm like, I can't cry in an airport. Like people are going to wonder what's going on with me. So I'm holding back joy, like tears of joy. I'm like, this is so weird. Like it was just a very weird week for me. Yeah.
0: Wow. So what was it like, was that a team Canada decision to increase it to 22? Was that an Olympic decision? You can have extended squads. Like how did that change? Yeah.
1: yeah so it's a, it was an Olympic decision, uh, had to do with COVID. And so, because like, it was uncertain, like COVID was still around, like, Maybe a player on your squad would get COVID during the Olympics. So then, instead of having like just eighteen players, you have twenty-two, and you can rotate your eighteen uh, throughout the tournament. Wow! Um, so it was like a very it was like a more free like approach, um, and then it gave the opportunity to the whole, the all the twenty-two players to be like actual players, which was which, really nice.
0: Because I obviously realized for the most part, you you were a bench player. You obviously got some game time against the UK, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but. Does that then, because, again, you're not sitting in the crowd this time, you're on the bench, which is obviously a little bit closer, but how does that change the mindset from you then to, okay, well, I'm maybe not going to be starting every single game here, but, again, you've also got to be ready, so you can't just obviously be complacent at that point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think in Rio, uh, every game day I knew I wasn't going to play. And I, I knew I had to stay mentally prepared in case something were to happen to someone. Like, I still had to be tuned in and, like, mentally, like, Ready to step in at any time. But like in Tokyo, it felt even more real. Like every game day that I was on the bench, it's like you could, you could come in. So like you wake up in the morning, you have to be ready. Um, so it was uh mentally like Tokyo was like a more like, okay, I have to stay focused. Like, yes, I am enjoying this experience, but like it's also about like this is business and like we have a medal to win. Um, and so you have to stay mentally tuned in
0: that mindset. I'm glad you brought that up. We have a medal twin cuz I like that attitude cuz obviously two bronzes in a row at the Olympics, 2019 World Cup, round of 16, probably not obviously where you'd want to have been, but did you was the team mood obviously a medal but was it realistically gold? We can we can win this.
1: Yeah, uh, what's actually crazy is that from the moment in 2021 when we first got together um, in February, the message was we're changing the color of the medal. Um, So it wasn't like immediately gold, but I think in all of our minds, the objective was gold. Um, And then I that kind of mindset kind of stayed with us all the way through the preparations. Like what we want is gold. Um, We're changing the color of the medal and throughout the tournament, like same thing. Like, I think we were just like really hungry. Like you get bronze, you get bronze again. You're like, like we want to get past that semifinal and like we want to win that gold medal like we were all very motivated towards towards that one goal of like yeah of getting gold
0: and for yourself then getting those minutes in that game against britain uh i mean that experience of going back to my initial question about what was that like representing canada at a young age but now you're at you're at the peak you're at the olympics you know you had a world cup now and olympics i mean what's that moment like
1: yeah it's uh also surreal like it's just like you kind of it's not it's not an out-of-body experience by any means but it kind of is like like you're playing for something so much bigger than yourself that it's like I don't know like you kind of put like all your like thoughts and emotions aside and you're just kind of focused on like the moment and like this is it and like I'm part of a whole like moving like entity like like this eleven, like we are one type thing, I felt like going in like, oh like I'm one moving piece of this whole like big thing.
0: I'm actually glad, like uh, obviously I you know, when I was watching it I, i'm I'm rooting for Canada, would have loved you to have won the group, but I'm actually as an Australian glad you didn't because I'm glad that yeah. then we had to play Britain and we knocked them out so that we could go to the semis as well. So thank you for that, uh, first of all, (laughs) on on behalf of of the Matildas and Australia. But the the thing that is just so incredible about this journey to gold is the knockout phase, and we were covering this daily, absolutely glued to it every single day. The the penalty shootout against Brazil, start with that. Um, I mean – such an emotional roller coaster. all three of these games that we can get to. But uh, how are you feeling at that point? Because, again, it's, I guess mission accomplished. You're in the semis. You obviously want to go one further. But at that point, you've gotten the bare minimum, right? You're into the semis. You've gone through a penalty shootout. Uh, how's the, the yeah. mood going at that point?
1: Yeah, like once we get into the semis, you mean, right? Like what's going yeah, on Yeah, so you,
0: you've beaten Brazil. Like that sort of that moment you're through. You, you, yes. You've sort of gotten to where you yes. want, at least minimum, where you want to be.
1: Yeah, well, I think you're looking at the next game and you're like, oh, this is a repeat of the 2012 like the twenty twelve Olympics like the United States in the semis and I just thought that moment was so special because there was a chance to rewrite history and I just I remember like every day leading up to it thinking like this is like the coolest thing ever that this is about to happen because how awesome would it be if we beat America and like like just yeah made 2020 12 like we wrote that whole history and then we're the ones on top now and we're like on top of like making history with us we're making history like we're everywhere It's, it's history everywhere we're going for a gold medal like it's just like the moment was so huge and it just it was really cool to be a part of it.
0: It's just I remember that match vividly as well. Uh, what had been like twenty years since Canada had beaten USA in a game as well. Yes. Of course, it had to be a penalty that won you after two thousand twelve <laughs> as well. I mean, it just everything yeah. seemed to to line up, and again against. The USA, traditional rivals of Canada in any sport, you know, your arch nemesis to the south. But in women's soccer, this is the same as if you know, if somebody beats Brazil in men's soccer or something like that. Like the the creme de la creme of your sport. Everything about it just was written in the stars.
1: Yes, it felt like like it was meant to happen. You know, like it just like the whole moment was was insane. Um, and. Yeah, just so happy to have been a part of that and to have been there to see it. It was yeah, it was crazy.
0: Because say I'll touch on the gold medal match in a second. But like, I can imagine the gold medal match is probably number one. But is beating USA in the semis almost the the better victory of the two?
1: Mm, uh, I mean, I don't think you can beat a gold medal. But like, just the accomplished like the the way we won that gold medal makes it is what makes it special too. You know, like like beating the U.S. first and then going to get that gold is is like a perfect journey.
0: It's it's one of these things, Gabby, that I feel like. I can see the movie being made in the future, you know, the, the gold medal win in Canada. There'll, there'll be a movie made. But it's sort of like when you think of, say, Team USA, Miracle and Ice, the the hockey team from 1980, you know, you think of that famous match where they beat the Soviet Union and everyone always thinks that's the gold medal game. It's not. They win that to go on to then win the gold medal. So this to me will be in the movie this will be the shining moment. We'll be beating the USA, Revenge, 2012, all of that sort of stuff. You know, Christine comes in and gets this epic penalty and there it is. And then you'll have like Morgan Freeman step in. Oh, was a Canadian. William Shatner, you know, we need to keep it Canadian. And he'll come in and be like, Team Canada then went on to win the gold medal and cap off every, like, I don't know. That to me is the moment of the movie where everybody's getting emotional and cheering. You've got some Celine Dion playing in the background. I don't know. Like it's just so Canadian that people are just crying their eyes out in the cinema.
1: Yes, I think, wow, that would make a superb movie.
0: Oh, I'm seeing it now. Come on. Break some this records. Is, it's, yes. it's, got, it's got to be made with that. You mentioned, obviously, you know, changing the colours. So you've, you've changed the colour. You're in the final. This is ultimately going to be a, a gold or a silver, but you're not going into a gold medal match going, ah, let's play for silver. That's what we want to today. Probably, I want to say my favourite moment of Tokyo was watching that penalty shootout. We were mm-hmm. on air recording this I think it was about midnight or 12 30 for us and sort of my co-host and I were two Australians our Canadian co-host Colin wasn't on with us so we're watching this going like okay let's wrap the episode up Ah, uh, do we really need to watch this pen okay we'll stay on board and of course it just went on and it went on and it went on and it went on and then just that that epic moment that it came down to that I'm telling you that from a perspective of a bedroom in Australia you're on the damn pitch Gabby uh, about to win a gold medal is that the most nervous you've ever been in your entire life, having to deal with watching every single one of those kicks at that point?
1: It was so, yeah, it was so stressful. Um, <laughs> I didn't even have to take like a penalty. I wasn't even like like on the field, um, but like just like watching it. Oh, my God. And just because, you know, what happened is every penalty that was taken changed like the outcome. So like yeah. one person would go up and I'd be like, oh, we're winning. Oh, no, we're not. Oh shoot like they're they're gonna win gold, but like we're gonna get silver. oh wait, we're not like it was just like every single that every moment it was changing, and you just never knew what was gonna happen. It was never obvious until the very, very end is like what made it so nerve wracking and then when you finally win the absolute joy and just like you kind of black out from joy, just running onto the field and going absolutely crazy, like dog pals and just yeah it was it was crazy
0: it's it's just one of those moments where. It was just so insane to watch one of those real Olympic moments. Because, as you said, like every kick, and there was a period there where just none of you wanted to score a goal. It was just like, does anyone want to score (laughs) a goal here? Exactly. You know, was it like five misses or something ridiculous in a row? Like, it was just, it just got to that point where I was like, wow, okay, then somebody at least score a goal here. But, I mean, (laughs) the history that it created, just in terms of, you know, for women's soccer in, in the country, for soccer in general, not just women's soccer, men's and women's soccer, the, the level of achievement that this brought to the country. And were you aware of just how big of a deal is was? Because this was very early morning in Canada, of course, for the, for the most part of the, of the country. They're waking up to this. But was there a moment when it sort of got back to you and the team of how big of a deal this was back home in Canada?
1: Um, yes, but also, you like, we're in Tokyo, so to an extent we're like not fully connected with the whole of Canada. We know that, we know that it's, it's good, what we just did and historical. And we know that Canada's definitely proud and and happy, but I don't think personally, I I don't, I can't speak for other players. I don't think I'll ever be able to understand the full extent of how big it was because I like, wasn't there. Like, you know, like you can't, but I know it was big, but I, I just don't know how big I know it was, but I know it was pretty big.
0: It's, it's, to put it into perspective, I know a lot of people compared it to the Vancouver Olympics when Sydney Crosby got the golden goal and, and the men's team yeah. won the gold medal. And like a lot of people put it on that pedestal because i think wasn't like the highest rating event in like a certain amount of years in terms of just canadians tuning in to, to yeah. watch this and and it will go down probably as one of those moments where it's like a where were you when you saw team canada win this yeah. gold medal so i mean it's just that's the level it was sort of being talked about
1: with yeah for sure and you know like i remember personally that 2010 olympics yeah. when canada, i was in cancun and like there was a whole bunch of canadians watching it and they're like <laughs>
0: Best place to watch hockey, <laughs> Cancun, remember, why but... not?
1: <laughs> I know, I can remember. So, I, yeah, I can see, like, I, I can picture how big it was and I know how big it was for Canada. It's just, it's still kind of crazy that I was a part of that.
0: Well, you, Instead of getting a medal handed to you like a day later, by the way, Gabby, here's a bronze medal. You're obviously uh, on a podium this time around yeah. uh, singing O Canada. Uh, can you describe that moment at all? Is it something that you can even put into words?
1: yeah uh well no actually (laughs) like it was it's it's grand like it's huge and I just yeah remember it was at that point it was probably like almost 1 a.m like in Mm. Tokyo like it was so late the the game had started at 9 p.m and it had gone on for so long and by the time like you get the ceremony going like it was super late and but it was just like and I remember it being so hot. I was so hot. I was dripping sweat because we were wearing like a full, like I don't know what material it was, but it was it was heavy and it was it was hot. <laughs> and you didn't have
0: Lululemon then to be like the winter's no, got Lululemon. You still have them wear a Hudson's yeah, Bay stuff, so not last, quite as streamlined. Day,
1: yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. I loved the outfit, but it was hot and everyone was hot. And um, but just stepping on that podium, it, it's just like cause you know, like this is as good as it gets. And, and any kind of anything <laughs> so like you're stepping on it and you're really trying to remember the moment like i remember just being like okay like this this is like the best thing ever like and but you're still like kind of like a human doing it i don't know if that makes sense like we picture like olympians as these yeah, like these superhumans but i'm here i am like stepping on the podium being like i'm still human like this is me normal me and just being like just overwhelmed by the moment kind of and just, yeah, super proud too.
0: How big was the party after that? I mean, obviously <laughs> it's COVID. You probably can't do as much as you'd like to, but uh, I mean, surely there was a little bit of a party afterwards.
1: It was. It was three days long. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> it's still going, right? Let's be honest, Gabby. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit. Yeah. Wow, that's uh,
0: that's crazy. Which I mean, you you go through all that, you, you win the gold. I mean, did you get an opportunity to sort of? come back home? Obviously COVID was still a thing. So probably things like parades and that obviously couldn't happen like they would have in in normal times, but do you at least get a chance to do some sort of celebration and come back to Canada with the medal?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I went home, uh, straight from Tokyo. I flew home. Uh, and then I had three days at home. Uh, but what was really most important for me when I got home was to see my family first and then my friends so I had like this celebration with my friends, uh, like at some point over the three days, which was really special because a lot of them I hadn't seen in a while just from being away a lot. Um, so like that gold medal, like also brought me close to my friends in that moment, which was, which was really good. Like everyone like made time and we all like saw each other. And I like that was a really special moment for me too, being able to see friends and family and just share it with them that I like I, I loved that part of it.
0: They, they weren't using you, Gabby. They weren't just going like down to the local <laughs> shop going, here's my Olympic gold medalist friend, let's get some free stuff all of a sudden, right? Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, I would have let them. Like, <laughs> <I don't...
0: laughs> there you go. Perfect invitation. Which,
1: I mean, I love
0: asking this question particularly to our gold medalists on the show is, do you, do you try and get free stuff with it? Have you ever just accidentally like left it on or kind of walked into, oh, whoops, what's this thing? Oh, Olympic gold medal. Oh, okay, I will have an upgrade on Air Canada. Thank you.
1: I feel like there's for some, like, like after there's a certain period of time after you get your gold medal where you can kind of use it not in a bad way, but like, for example, like when I, like when I got back and I wanted to book a restaurant, uh, just for all my friends and for the gathering, it kind of helps when you're like, we're celebrating a gold medal, you know, like all of a sudden, (laughs) like oh, I can free like this whole section for you guys. I'm like, oh, that's great. Cause it's like a, like a one day notice. Um, it's little things like that. that You kind of like yeah, you you use your metal, but like I I, <laughs> I didn't mean anything bad of it. Like I didn't try to overuse it.
0: Yet, yet, Gabby, that's the word. You still got time. You can use it. I mean, uh, you just maybe <laughs> not in Sweden. They might, you know, you say they're not salty, yeah, they're but not.
1: So, I think don't. I think I might get some things taken from me if I do that. Yeah, actually, in Sweden. So.
0: Po- possibly not with that. But what do you, what do you do with the medal? Like, is it something you brought with you to Sweden, or do you give it to the parents as sort of safekeeping?
1: No, I have it with me. Um... And I've like I've traveled everywhere with my bronze medal um, that I got, and now my gold medal also tags along. Um, I just yeah, uh, it's that one thing that I just I, I kind of want to keep close to me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah.
0: I can imagine. Yeah. I, I. If I ever had a real one, none of these fake ones that I've got in a bag somewhere, I think I'd probably <laughs> never take the uh, take the damn thing off. Which I mean, for yourself personally, obviously progression now at this point do you then spur on paris obviously is close you've got the world cup as i mentioned in in australia next year you know is it a case for you to just keep pushing hard and and maybe be on the starting lineup rather than sort of coming off the bench things like that for yourself personally
1: yeah i mean that's always like the goal and i think my mentality is always to keep working um no matter what um i think what's most important is to keep improving uh and so like the more you keep improving the better you put your chance to making a squad or like being a part of that starting 11. Uh, So that's, yeah, that's where my head's at right now is like, how can I become better um, over time and then hopefully uh, yeah, get more of an important role uh, someday for Canada.
0: And in terms of just the sport where it's at right now for women, in the country, I, I believe there is talk and sort of the groundwork for a, a professional league to, to finally sort of happen. Uh, obviously, with this gold medal, I can imagine it's brought a lot more exposure on it as well. I mean, are you – obviously, you're in Sweden. I know you're not in Canada, but are you seeing or at least hearing that this is doing things, helping progress the sport, particularly for women in the country?
1: Yeah. I think I think it's really important for us to get a league at some point and like, like a, a professional league in Canada – like for like the development of players too in Canada and like to keep getting better and to stay as one of like the world's best uh countries for soccer. Uh we need a women's professional league. Um I I'm not fully aware of like how it's going, uh but I definitely know it's like they're talking about it and like I think seriously talking about it. Um and that would be so cool. Um I like being able to play like in your country, like if I were ever able to play in Montreal, for example, um, I mean, that's just so cool. Like your friends, yeah. your families, they're close, like you get the best of every world. Um and then and then it's just it's really good for Canada's development too. And I think it's crucial that we get a league at some point. I was
0: gonna ask if, if it gets off the ground and you'd be tempted to then go back home and and, and play at home as well
1: yeah for sure yeah I mean if it's like it's a if it's an opportunity uh, as I said that like helps my development and helps me improve like for a hundred percent that's that would be something I'd consider
0: well we look forward to seeing sort of how that 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 goes Mm -hmm. I mean when I lived in Canada I know they just started the men's one and I was in Victoria and Pacific FC Uh, done all right so uh you know which actually I, I know you played in Victoria yes. you met you met Mr Trudeau didn't you in Langford there like he he showed he up did. and was like hey you going girls um, and that must have been a pretty yeah. cool experience
1: yeah, just like that he just popped up just
0: hey. How
1: hey you <laughs> going? Yep. like oh hi <laughs>
0: wow there he is yeah. which uh it's a nice stadium out at Langford actually not bad for uh you know what, what they've got going out there and i mean i i wish i was there at the time cuz it would have been great to see those games but time recording this you've literally just come back from Australia days ago and congratulations mm-hmm. to, to you for, for knocking the Matildas off in a in a <laughs> couple of games there as well. I'm not told you it's salty. I, I nearly canceled this interview Gabi, actually. Uh, but I mean, you said to me off air, you've been to Australia a couple of times before, but uh, obviously exciting the prospect of a, a world cup in Australia. I mean, this is obviously getting a lot of buzz down here at the moment.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, and I mean, playing in Australia, like last week, um, Seeing how big it already was was really cool. Uh, like just like the entrance, like out of the tunnel, like uh, the fireworks that were going off, the like uh, the, the fire even there was fire It was just like popping everywhere. Like you could see, like okay, like the World Cup next year is gonna be huge, most likely because they're already putting so much thought and attention um, into it. Um, and yeah, I it, it's gonna be really cool.
0: It's, it is an exciting time to, to, to be a, a fan of the sport in, in Australia. I mean, it's obviously at the time recording this, you know, we've got the Men's World Cup to come this year, but then the Women's World Cup and, and having that in Australia is huge because we've never had a, a tournament like this of, of any calibre in Australia, men's or women's, for soccer outside of the Sydney Olympics. So it's it's obviously going to be a, a, a very big deal. And do you sort of get much in terms of cheering on your, your countrymen in the men's side of things, obviously their breakthrough for the World Cup this year uh, qualifying as well, um, you know, is, is there much plan, and sort of, you know, getting the squad together maybe to watch some of these games and kind of cheer them on and, and sort of see, uh, you know, what that might do for the, the men's side? Because the women are kicking ass. It's now time for the men to catch up, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've definitely been doing well. It's like it's super cool that they're going to a World Cup. I think there's even talks of like some people wanting to go to Qatar and like cheer, like cheer them on, like actually on site, um, which is really cool, but I'm really looking forward. They have a tough group. Mm. Um, and, but like, that's, what's really exciting is like, I kind of like, I still believe in them. Like they, I know their coach, like we used to be coached by John Herman. And I know uh, I
0: was going to say he was your but, coach. Wasn't yeah, he? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know like what he can do and how he can is- inspire players and push them to the next level. So I'm really curious and looking forward to seeing like what they're going to do there, um, especially against Belgium. I'm really looking forward to that Belgium game.
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, very much looking forward to to seeing how all that obviously plays out. Gabby, we're going to wrap things up with a set of uh sort of get to know you style fun questions here, and I'll say that you maybe answered these ahead of rio i don't know sort of if alternates you sort of did like a media day and you sort of got these questions because this is a questionnaire that team canada gave uh the athletes ahead of rio and Pyongchang believe they didn't do it for tokyo so i don't know if you would have gotten this questionnaire for tokyo it's not on the website so uh we don't know if they did or not but uh i will say there is a uh optional drawing element if, uh, oh if, you, if you like drawing, you have the option to uh, do some additional homework here. You can draw a picture of yourself. You can draw a picture of your favourite Canadian animal and the coolest Olympic medal. So, again, don't have to. But if you're bored today and you want to draw, flick me a message and I'll post it on our social media to, uh, to go alongside with this uh, interview. But, uh, no pressure, no pressure. Uh, start off with this one. You're allowed to answer your own if you want to. What is your favourite Olympic moment?
1: huh my favorite olympic moment yeah i uh, (laughs) i mean okay there are so many cool olympic moments uh but the one that a bit like obviously immediately pops into my head is, is my own like our own like winning gold um But I want to say that there's definitely, like, a lot of them, like, in the back of my head. I just – I'm not digging them out right now.
0: say your own, it's fine. Go for it. It's (laughs) it's allowed. Lots of people are going to be answering that moving forward in this question. So, uh, you know, get in in while the iron's hot. If you could choose any Olympic host city, where would it be?
1: Hmm. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, Okay. I mean, I – it's funny because I had never been to Sydney until last week, uh, but I always had, like, I don't know why I've always thought of Sydney as, like, this really cool city, and, like, I would have I probably said Sydney. Uh, yeah. i still probably say Sydney, yeah. That's
0: a pretty good Olympics. I'm just saying if, you, if you've got another 10 years in you at all, Gabby, Brisbane's hosting the Olympics in 2032, of course, so a little bit a further north, and you played in Brisbane, of course, so, I mean, you yeah. know, i not not sure if you, you went there thinking, I could play an Olympics here in 10 years you're still young
1: you're still young i'll let you know i'll let you know yeah
0: probably seven years i'll
1: probably yeah
0: faith in you gabby faith in you um in your spare time what do you most like to do
1: i like to go to coffee shops nice hang out with friends or read or do some work it's uh, the coffee that gets me there really
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good excuse to go to a coffee shop. I I think so. I love the answer. So I'm using uh, the question here that was given to a field hockey player by the name of David Carter, and his answer to this one is he likes to eat chicken wings. Uh, (laughs) You know?
1: Really good. (laughs) Great
0: thing to do in spare time for field hockey players is eating chicken wings. There you go. Thanks, David, for that. Um, The weirdest instruction a coach ever gave you was?
1: Oh, my God. Um, I love this question. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's Get our tough. best
0: answers for this question.
1: Okay, well, recently in Australia, I, I wouldn't say, like, it's the weirdest one. Like, that, that had to happen. But, um, like, the second game, I came on, and uh, I got injured, like, 25 minutes later, which is kind of really annoying. Like, you just come in, and you want to do a difference for the team, and all of a sudden, you're injured. And I was pretty badly injured, but we were out of subs, so i I kind of had to like stay on and limp around, and so my coach was like, "You're gonna go as the nine um I knew like i'm I'm an outside back, you're gonna go as the nine, and you're just kinda gonna stand there and do your best up there." And so for the last, the remaining 10 minutes of our game against Australia, the second one, like a week ago, I was limping around as the nine, just trying to (laughs) To do something to help the team. Yeah, because I kind of had to stay on. We had no more subs. That was like a really weird moment. And then I had Sam Kerr yelling at me because I was (laughs) on the ground long and just get off the field, get off the field. I'm like, I I really want to listen to you, but I don't think I can. (laughs)
0: Jesus, of all the people to be yelling at you, Sam Kerr's yelling at you, shit. Uh
1: yeah, wow. I wasn't too much pain to like realize. I was like, I'm so confused right now. But yeah, I played as the nine. I've got to,
0: I've got to ask on that. When, uh, when you are injured, like legitimately injured, is it hard that people believe you? Seems the soccer players seem to cry wolf a little bit with those injuries.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially men's players. That's fair uh women's a little less maybe even a lot less but it's always hard to tell like if you're not in the player's body and you don't feel their pain it's hard to tell whether you think it's it's legit or not like at the end of the game players are coming to me like hey like were you cramping i'm like i've been on for like (laughs) 30 minutes guys like i'm a little fitter than that i think (laughs) like i legitimately like was in a lot of pain like but like it's hard to tell like you don't know and it's it's like obviously like if you don't know you can't you can't really tell if it's serious or not.
0: Do you, do you sometimes just watch the men and go, guys, come on, you're giving us a bad reputation here. Just, just come on. Like, cause obviously, you know, if they generally are injured, it, it's serious, but uh, sometimes you, you've got to question it a little bit.
1: No, absolutely. I agree with that. Especially what gets me is like the like quadruple roll on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> And then they get back up and they're like, everything's fine, and I'm like, oh my god.
0: I think I think the the What's famous that? one was at the 2002 World Cup where was it? Rivaldo got like hit in the knee, and then he grabs his face and drops to the ground. And I think it was against yeah. Turkey, and the Turkish guy I think got red carded. And it's just like, dude, yeah. like, come on. That never on. looked good. No, that's no, not very good. Not at all. Not at all. Um, your favorite workout is?
1: Oi. uh, my favorite workout is um okay uh on this like when i do it it's not my favorite because it's it's hard but i do like uh like um metcons, so it's right. kind of like uh you're kind of doing like um yeah you know uh exercises weight exercises but like you're doing like high intensity one after the other and it's a circuit so it like it, it gets really hard but like once you're done you feel like you feel like you got like your cardio in and you're like your um weights in so it, it feels really good
0: you feel like you've done something. You actually. Yeah, you feel
1: very accomplished. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the word accomplished. I like that. Uh, if you could have lunch with any one person, who would it be?
1: Oh my god, that's a good question. They're all so hard yet, like such easy question yet so so hard to find out. Um, I I would like to have lunch with, um. I I can't I don't know I don't, I don't like I feel know. like there is no good I like I have like Justin Trudeau Ronaldo Messi in my head right now like and like Marta it's just like they're all <laughs> popping up in my head and it's like maybe like we have like a brunch together all of us um, well I was gonna I say know. you
0: could you could have like all invite all three of them and then you and Justin yeah. could just be like. Who's better between the two of
1: you? And you know, I say Justin just because we spoke about Justin. Oh, you friends so my friend, now? Oh, it's right there. Justin's right there, so might as well have lunch with him.
0: Really, um, first name basis because you shook the guy's hand. Um, so you know, you you best friends yeah, with Justin. We're
1: really we're quite good friends, actually. Yeah. Yeah what what
0: does what does he say to you? What does the Prime Minister of Canada say to you when he shakes your hand?
1: Um, I think I blacked out. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was really I, focused I on getting. <laughs> I was like, focus on getting the handshake, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, don't fuck this, up, don't handshake. fuck this up, don't fuck this <laughs> up. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't want something embarrassing like that to happen
0: to you. It's so, it's, it's so the, the funny thing I found when I lived in Canada, I guess at least in my, circle, and I'm not here to talk about politics, but like at least in the circles I hung out with, he maybe wasn't the most popular guy. But coming from Australia where literally everybody loves him and our headlines <laughs> in Australia generally come from the Canadian Prime Minister with a nice ass. So um, that's um, generally the perception that Australians have of your Prime Minister is he's got a very nice rear end. So, I
1: think it's not. I don't think like I think there's other countries. I think that way too. I don't think it's only
0: Australia. <laughs> I'm actually sad. I actually have a pair of Justin Trudeau socks. Not wearing them right now though. So uh, oh I'm, I'm sad that I'm not. I should have forethought this. That we're going to talk about Justin Trudeau. I should have been wearing my Justin <laughs> Trudeau socks. But uh, I'm not. I'm not doing that right now. I, I want to mention David's answer here. He's on the ball again with this for who he could have lunch with. He says, the guy I once saw at the airport in Denver, Colorado in 1997 who looked exactly like me. Um,
1: <laughs> like, how do you get a better answer than that? That's I such know. Good-
0: Specific too. It's not just like, oh, that guy I saw in an airport once. It's Denver, Colorado in 1997. He knows the specifics. Wow. That's um David Carter. You're, you're doing well with these. Uh, your favourite sandwich is?
1: Um, okay, well... I've been a, a pescatarian for uh, two and a half years, almost three years now. Uh, so I really don't eat sandwiches that much anymore because the good sandwiches, you know, they have they have meat yeah. in them. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with a, a sandwich that I used to love um, from uh, actually from Subway, which is, yeah, um, I would get like grilled <laughs> chicken with barbecue sauce Ooh, and nice. like, yeah, on like a six grain bread. Yeah, it was, oh. that was my favorite. Sandwich. i'm not wanting to, to tempt
0: you here gabby to lose your diet uh so sorry if i'm bringing up these foods from the past where it's, <laughs> yeah,
1: just, no, oh, it's gonna be, be tough yeah Tem- <laughs> temptation
0: yeah, tough. uh if you could have any superpower what would it be
1: mm, i would oh my god i would like all the superpowers uh but <laughs>
0: have them all <laughs>
1: yeah i'd like oh my god like unlimited knowledge like Ooh. you know everything
0: that's a good one
1: like just in like every fact you want to know, you know it. Every like you know the answer to everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like I don't think we've had that one answered before. Good answer. That's a, that's a very good one. Uh the best candy in the world is.
1: Hmm. Uh Swedish candy. It's really good. Any kind of it. I've like really gotten to like them. Um probably like the there's this, I don't know what it's called, but it's like this uh red. On the outside, the white on the inside, it's kind of like cream, but not cream feeling kind of okay. like filling, and then it's a, so it's sour on the outside and like sugary on the inside. it's really good. And I think nice. they have that in, everywhere in the world, and I just don't remember the name and don't know how to explain it well, but That's all
0: right. you explained <laughs> it enough. I can I can picture it that that, that sounds uh, <laughs> sounds nice. As a kid, your favorite sports team was:
1: At Barcelona. Barcelona,
0: okay. Is it was is, is it a case of when you're growing up, like obviously playing soccer, that you you know uh, more into European than say MLS at that point. I uh, I don't know. I think it was Montreal uh, around sort of at uh, that point.
1: Well yeah, they were. That's a good point. They were. Um, but like the the um people weren't like fans of the Montreal. It was the Montreal Impact at the time. Like they were. Like I would go and see games of the Montreal Impact, but then like. If I was thinking like of a like a championship, I was thinking of like La Liga, yeah. I was thinking of like Barcelona. But I did like go see Montreal Impact games, but I wouldn't say like I was like a diehard fan.
0: I'm, I'm just, I again, realize I said at the beginning how I'm wearing a Toronto FC jersey. Oh, no. It's uh, not quite <laughs> yeah. Montreal, but um, I actually, I was fascinated when Thierry Henry coached uh, that Montreal. That was, cool. was pretty exciting. Yeah, and I think that, like, that yeah,
1: in the recent years, there's definitely been like a fan base that's been go- growing for Montreal FC. And I personally, like, I like to follow them and like, I've really taken a liking to the team. Um, yeah, it's it's getting bigger.
0: Have you ever been to a Barcelona game before?
1: No, I went to a Real Madrid game, though, but I did not go to a personal It would
0: be pretty, pretty exciting to go to one of those uh, sort of what, El Clasico matches and just see all oh that in, in person, yes, right? Absolutely. That would be insane.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, Your favorite sports movie is?
1: I like um, – what's the um, – okay, that's very un-Canadian of me, but the um, – the, is it called Miracle? Miracle, the yeah. One, yep. Yeah. I just, miracle I like before, watched yeah. it one day before, like, I had to like do the, like a physical test and I hate them. And like, they get me stressed <laughs> out, but like, that movie really got me hyped. I was like, if they can do it, I can do that. Like yeah. that fitness test, like 20 minutes.
0: And that's why Canada won gold. That's what I'm and saying. You're going to have the it's own good. version of that movie one day, Gabby. That's going to happen. Kurt Russell could come in and play, well i don't know the trainer i guess it's it's we need women in a bend not kurt russell Kurt Russell could just be a fan there you go he can be the sequel <laughs> to miracle there he is the coach of team usa yay go canada he's cheering on canada against usa in that semi yeah <laughs> he's I'm a disgruntled sure he american uh, but he's always I'm happy curious. for the canadians <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be
1: oh wow um i okay i've never been to new zealand And I feel like I shouldn't say that to an Australian. It's uh, all
0: good. We'll give it a pass. It's all right.
1: But I feel like New Zealand (laughs) would be such a cool place to live, but I have never been there, so I can't 100% say that. But...
0: We'll see New Zealand. I I I've lived in New Zealand and it is a beautiful country. It's um you know we we have the rivalry. It's no different to you in America. Uh, I think it's a bit friendlier between Australia and New Zealand. When I lived in Canada, yeah, not so friendly to the Americans compared to what we are <laughs> to the uh, New Zealanders. Yeah. But uh, no, it's wow. it's a beautiful part of the world, and uh, definitely recommend going there. I love this question. When you were little, what was one thing you always thought?
1: Oh my God. I'll give, you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you
0: David's answer. He says that uh, he thought he'd be taller. That was his answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no.
1: He has some really good answers.
0: He does. Why don't you get yeah. Dave on the show?
1: Maybe we, we should. He definitely yeah. wouldn't take as much time as I am taking to answer these <laughs> things. Um, did I, I didn't think I was going to be taller, that's for sure. Um, oh, I... Mm. I thought like magical powers would pop up at some point. Well, you like, still got time. You not, never like, know. Yeah. Like, from like, <laughs> I was like, maybe they're just going to appear, like, hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Right, give it, it time.
0: Did. Gabby, you're still yeah. young. You never know. Mine came right. late, but, um, you know, they, they happen <laughs> eventually. So there you go. Uh, now, this is one of those questions where I think you've either got one or you don't. And if you don't have one, I'm going to share Dave's answers to this one. What is your favorite <laughs> joke to tell?
1: Oh no, I don't have I don't have good jokes. Oh, that's sad. Please, let's you're not allowed to say the, the American
0: women's soccer team. <laughs> you can show you can throw shade. It's fine. You beat them in the Olympics. It's, you're allowed. Uh,
1: that's told good. you we're
0: salty. They beat us for bronze. I told you Australia's
1: salty. I'm, <laughs> I'm really curious. I want to know what what he said. All Please. right, let's
0: let's let's close this out with Dave Carter's joke of the <laughs> thing. I have I haven't even read this yet, so I'm going to read this and hopefully it'll be funny. There are two muffins in an oven one muffin yes. says to the other it's getting pretty hot in here eh the other muffin says holy crap a talking muffin um <laughs> yep all right <laughs> uh, that's the <laughs> joke
1: <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it
0: took a Wait, while didn't it it's it sort of like you were like ha ha and then ha like you, you got it like it's sort of I two like levels it. of I- comedy yeah. I
1: like it. I I can Good it on my you, own.
0: Dave Carter, playing field hockey. I don't I, I, don't want, like, somebody else to upstage our guest, but um, I'll tell you <laughs> oh, what. I'm
1: glad you
0: Geez. All right. Uh, Gabby, before we let you go, if people want to stay up to date with what you're up to there in Sweden and following your journey, obviously, towards uh, the World Cup in Australia, Paris and beyond, social media places people can stay up to date with you.
1: Yeah, uh, my Instagram page, which is just my full name, Gabrielle Carl. And then uh, my Twitter page, which uh, is my abbreviated name, Gabby Carl. Yeah,
0: You're, I like that abbreviated name. That's yeah, I would,
1: my nickname maybe would have been better.
0: <laughs> yeah, your nickname. TikTok, yep. are you on TikTok?
1: Oh, no. Uh, no, no, no. Not yet.
0: Not yet? No. Yet being the word. I always like that. Is, is the national team on TikTok? Can we follow like the Canadian national team on TikTok?
1: Yeah, I'm so not onto TikTok yet that I don't even know.
0: Well, we'll find That's out. How bad
1: it is. Yeah.
0: yeah I, we recently had a 62 year old equestrian writer on this show, Gabby, uh-huh. who has TikTok. So, um,
1: yeah, wow. need to what catch up, I feel, people?
0: right? Uh, yeah, we'll get there eventually. Gabby, this has been so much fun learning about your career and, and just everything that you've achieved. We we seriously appreciate your time here on Off the Podium. And I'll say I wish you luck for Paris. I, I'll wish you luck for the World Cup. I guess you can do a right <laughs> there. But just, um, you know, again, just think about it. If you make the final or any match against Australia where it's a knockout game, just remember that Australian podcast you did. Think about that guy <laughs> sitting on his microphone. If you've got an opportunity to score like a winner or a penalty, just maybe think no those australians they've got spiders they're they're evil Mm. they could probably hurt Uh us so you know just think Uh about that okay
1: Uh i see i see i I think i will ignore everything you've just said but i do appreciate (laughs) (laughs) you're not the
0: first you're not the first (laughs) gabby thank you so much for your time we really do appreciate Thank you
1: thank you very much And a massive,
0: massive thanks there to Gabby for her time. Such an absolutely incredible chat there. Obviously, the time of recording that was only a mere days after Team Canada knocked off the Matildas in a couple of friendlies in late 2022 and before the men's world cup as well so just in case you were listening to that thinking like why are you talking about like the world cup is yet to play for the men well this was recorded before that obviously we are releasing a couple of months after that so just to uh, clarify with that making sense but so much fun learning from gabby there's a perspective of winning that gold medal there in tokyo one of my favorite if not my favorite moment from those olympics was being on air with jared as that game was on just uh, the absolute buzz that brought about watching that live and being able to have our reactions on the episode. But to hear that from Gabby's perspective and the big deal it was obviously to Canada and everything else that brought along with that. I'm glad she's got the medals with her as well. I like it when uh, people do bring them along that way and uh, to get kind of stood up there at the end by a uh, dear old David Carter. Uh, we, we might need to get Dave on the show just based on some of those, uh, answers that he gave on his questionnaire there so it's been a while since we've had a field hockey player on the show and uh, it looks like he's a goalie as well which uh right up my alley as a former field hockey goalie so uh there you go but gabby massive pleasure to have her on the show and thank you very much for your time and yeah I guess you know go go team in the in the Women's World Cup later this year uh, just don't beat the Matildas as I said we've got some great chats coming your way still here on Off the Podium I'll give you a teaser of some of the sports we've got up and coming we're returning to basketball we are returning to breakdancing a great chat that we had recently with Gerard well we've got another breakdancer for you as well to really get you pumped up for Paris next year also returning to the sport of skeleton with an Olympic medalist In the sport of skeleton, a record breaker in the sport of skeleton. Put two and two together there. I'm sure you'll work that out. Also got some Olympic gold medalists in the sport of canoeing, if you don't mind. More swimming gold medals to come for your way as well. And plenty of other sports to get you pumped and excited for here on off the podium we are a very exciting show and we know that you are very excited to hear those episodes of course you cannot miss those episodes if you subscribe to the show where good podcasts are found search off the podium hit the subscribe button that easy while you're there leave us some feedback rate the show we'd love to hear what you think of the show if you like looking at us when we interview people me in particular and our guests then YouTube is a place for you. Search off the podium, hit subscribe. You can see our chat here with Gabby in video form on that channel. And miss, uh, don't miss all our other interviews that we've had, of course, in the past, ones we've got coming up as well. And social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's where you find us. All the fun parts there, that you will never miss any content coming forward. Big thanks again to Gabby for her time. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Shout out to the Birmingham Bull. My name is Ben. This has been Off the Podium. Remember to go left and fizzle, dizzle. <laughs>